Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm Dustin Roberts, the outreach minister here on staff, and for the next half hour, I'll also be your host as Rabbi Schneider shows us how to prepare the world for Jesus. John the Baptist spent most of his life in the wilderness preaching and waiting for the Messiah to come. And today, Rabbi Schneider shows us why John's purpose of pointing people to Jesus is the same one that we have too. Our message is titled, The Lamb of God. And if you'd like to take some notes today, download Rabbi's study guides for this message online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And now let's get started. Here is Rabbi Schneider. Father, in Yeshua's name, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you today for the Holy Spirit and for revealing to us mysteries, mysteries concerning truth that are not known by the natural senses, but which can be known by your Spirit. So, Father, we ask you today for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that you would allow us to see things that we've never seen before. Father, your word says to call upon you and that you would show us great and marvelous things that we know not of. So Father God, in Jesus' name, we call upon you today to reveal mysteries of truth to us that will help us to be strengthened in your Son. We love you, Abba Daddy, in Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. You know, we asked Father just now for revelation. We asked that he would reveal mysteries to us. Did you know that Paul said in the book of Colossians that he had been made a minister of the gospel, he said, which for ages had been hidden. And then he went on to say, and the mystery of it. And he began to reveal to us mysteries. We speak about the mystery of Christ in us, the hope of glory, the mystery of Jew and Gentile becoming one in Messiah. So John reveals to us many other types of of mysteries as well. In fact, one of my favorite portions of scripture is when Jesus says to Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded to Peter and he said, blessed are you, he said, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And upon this rock, Jesus said, I'll build my church. I believe that the rock that Jesus was speaking of there that he built his church on is the rock of revelation. And revelation has to do with mystery because we can't perceive mysteries. We can't perceive those things that are hidden without revelation that comes to us through the grace of Father God by the Spirit. John has been sent, beloved, to reveal to us the mysteries of the Father and his gospel is the gospel that focuses more than any other of the gospels on bringing to the surface these truths that had been previously concealed but now revealed as John makes them known. I'm gonna to begin today in John chapter number one, verse 22. This is concerning John the Baptist. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, John the Baptist said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord as Isaiah the prophet has said. 
I want to just focus on two principles in this verse where I believe, beloved ones, there's application for you and I. First of all, John said he was a voice crying in the wilderness. Do you know that as we share the gospel of Jesus with friends, family, people in the grocery store, wherever we go, as we lift up Jesus, we are voices crying into the wilderness because the amount of people in this country, beloved, that is following the Lord passionately is very minimal. Jesus said, straight is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. So we also have this forerunner calling You see, John the Baptist was a forerunner. He was sent to make straight the way of the Lord. That's what John said here. He's a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He was sent before Jesus to prepare the way as a forerunner. So two principles and applications. Number one, he was a voice crying out in the wilderness. And number two, John was a forerunner. Let's think about this as it applies to God's call on our life today. Number one, Jesus called us to be his witnesses. He said, you shall be endued with power, right? And you shall be my witnesses. So if we wanna walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to be living lives of being witnesses. This is what Jesus said, the end of the book of Matthew, the end of the book of Mark, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Matthew, as you're going, as we're living our lives, make disciples of all nations. So our lives are here, beloved, to make straight the way of the Lord, to prepare the earth for a second coming. We've been called to be as witnesses, those that are calling out into the wilderness, into all those around us that are living in darkness, come to Jesus, just like John the Baptist did, repent, turn to God, because if you don't, your life is meaningless, You're gonna die in emptiness. You're gonna die in a lost fate and be separated from the Lord forever. And then secondly, we're forerunners. We are sent before Jesus' return to prepare the world for his return. Think about it. John the Baptist was sent before Jesus' first coming to prepare the world for Jesus' coming. He was sent before the Lord's coming preaching a gospel of repentance, baptizing people in the Jordan River. He did it to prepare the way, church, for Jesus's first coming. Now think about this. Even as John the Baptist was sent to earth to prepare the way for Jesus's first coming, you and I are in the world right now to prepare the earth and prepare the spiritual atmosphere around us for Jesus's return. So I want to ask you today, will you receive the call of John the Baptist in your life to be a witness, to prepare the world for Jesus' return by being a forerunner, calling people to him, sharing with people that he's going to return, you're going to meet him, calling people to repentance. If you'll do that, you'll be walking, beloved, in a John the Baptist type of anointing. You'll be walking in a forerunner anointing. What do I mean by forerunner? One that is going before the Lord in preparing the world for his return. It's an awesome thing. I love when someone comes up to me and says, you know what, I see the same type of anointing that was on John the Baptist on you. But I want you to know, all of us partake of the same anointing, perhaps at different levels and to different extremes, but every one of us is called to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And when we eat Jesus' flesh and drink his blood, 
This is his word now. For those of you that are not familiar with the Bible, when I say that Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourself. I know that sounds perhaps a little bit raw or, or gory, but Jesus was speaking here in the spiritual sense. He was speaking about receiving his fullness deeply into our lives. And when we receive Jesus into our lives, when we truly partake of him as he is, not the way just that we want him to be, not just the pleasant part of truth, but the hard part of truth as well, when we take him in his fullness into our life, eating his flesh and drinking his blood, you know what the result's gonna be? Fruit, and part of that fruit is gonna be, we're gonna be witnessing Christians because there's no other type of real Christian than a witnessing Christian, since this is the mandate of the church. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father, but if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. We're gonna take a John the Baptist type of anointing on ourselves. We're gonna be witnessing Christians, telling the world that Jesus is returning and inviting people to him in repentance, just like John the Baptist did. Well, I love that, and I'm trusting that some of you right here are also getting the fever, catching the fever, praise God, and even have the fever. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back, so please keep listening. Did you know that you can connect with Rabbi right on your phone? The Rabbi Schneider app is packed with resources, videos, and a daily devotional that are designed to help jumpstart your day. The Rabbi Schneider app is free, bringing you inspiration and encouragement 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Simply search for Rabbi Schneider in your phone's app store and download the app today. Discovering the Jewish Jesus could not accomplish its mission without partners like you. Together, we are preparing men and women for the soon return of Jesus. So please stop by our website to give a one-time donation or to partner with us on a monthly basis. Through your simple act of generosity, you are making an impact. Go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. And now with the conclusion of today's message, here is Rabbi Schneider. He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet had prophesied. Now let's skip down to verse 28. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. So John the Baptist is a real historical person. I know that this might sound basic, but a lot of times people approach the Christian faith as if it's just a bunch of poetic pleasantries. They claim they're Christians, but they really don't believe the word. But we need to understand that the word was made flesh, okay? John chapter one, verse 14. Jesus is a real historical person. He really lived in the flesh. John the Baptist is not the figment of somebody's imagination. He's not a poetic pleasantry. He's a real historical figure that lived in the flesh, in the blood, approximately 2,000 years ago. And so John tells us these things that John said, he tells us where it happened. It happened in real space and in real time and in real history at the Jordan River. So listen once again. Verse number 28, these things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. Some of you have even been to Israel and have been in the Jordan River. Let's go to the next verse here, verse 29. The next day he, once again we're speaking of John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I want you to catch that. The next day, John is once again at the Jordan River. Jesus has come. He points at Jesus in front of all the crowd that was gathered there. 
He points at Jesus and says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, for many of us, that term, the Lamb of God, again, it's the, it's the introduction of the world to Jesus. And how is the world introduced to Jesus? How did John introduce the world to Jesus? He did it by calling him the Lamb of God. Many people, when they read this, it kind of goes over their head. They don't really get what's going on here. Some people even think of John's terminology as referring to like a warm, fuzzy lamb. Somehow they think that, you know, Jesus is just this warm, real soft person. But when John the Baptist referred to him as the Lamb of God, he wasn't just comparing Jesus to a nice, soft lamb as if he's just such a warm, fuzzy person, although Jesus is tender and warm in spirit. But that's not what John was primarily pointing to. What John, beloved church, was pointing to is that Jesus is the fulfillment of the ancient Passover lamb from the book of Exodus chapter 12. God said to Moses, Moses, I'm going to raise up from your people a prophet like yourself from your own people, and whoever does not listen to him will be cut off. Peter in the book of Acts said that Jesus is the one that God spoke to Moses about in the book of Deuteronomy. You see, Jesus, beloved, is the fulfillment of Passover. Even as Moses tells the story of the first deliverance of Israel through the blood of the Passover lamb, we see here that Jesus is the fulfillment of Passover by becoming the final Passover lamb. It's not just that he's a warm, fuzzy animal. You know, as some people, you know, they have Jesus holding the lamb, you know, petting the soft lamb. That's beautiful and I love it, but it's more than that. John is speaking about the fact that even as God used a lamb to deliver his people when they were in bondage in Egypt, so he has presently sent his son into the world to deliver us. He's become the new and the final lamb of God who will be an offering and a sacrifice for us, just like that ancient Passover lamb, and that through him, God's church and his people, beloved, hallelujah, will be delivered. So once again, the New Testament, beloved, is not separate from the Old Testament. It's the continuation or the fulfillment of the Old Testament. You see, Jesus said, if you believed Moses, you'd believe me, for Moses wrote of me. So I want you to understand this phrase, the Lamb of God, from a Hebraic context, from the root at which it comes from. You see, when we read Scripture, one of the goals is to understand Scripture, not just from our own, you know, 21st century perspective. The goal is not to read Scripture just through our lens, living 2,000 years after the fact. Beloved, to really get a fuller understanding of the Scripture, we have to understand it through the lens of the person that originally wrote it. This was a Hebraic writing, beloved. The apostles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they were all Jews. Jesus died with the sign above his head, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Jesus comes out of Israel. And so when John, once again, as I conclude this point, when John points at Jesus and says, behold, the Lamb of God, let's put out of our mind the picture of Jesus holding the fuzzy lamb. Let's go back to what John's purpose was when John said, he's the fulfillment of the ancient Passover. That's why the Bible tells us in Corinthians chapter 5, Christ, our 
Passover has been sacrificed. So it's a beautiful thing to understand our scriptures from a Jewish or a Hebrew perspective. Let's continue on now to verse number 30. John the Baptist, this is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who is a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in the water. John testified saying, I have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And then John concludes, I myself have seen and testified that this is the son of God. I love it again. I'm looking here at the historicity of John's proclamation. He says, I was at the Jordan River and this happened. I saw this one coming to me. John says, when Jesus first came, I didn't recognize him. John said, he looked to me just like all the others that were coming. I saw him only in the natural. In verse 33, John says, I did not recognize him. But what happened? The Spirit of the Lord came upon this one that looked ordinary the Spirit of the Lord came upon this one that looked ordinary, manifested himself as a holy dove, remained upon him and lighted him. And then John heard the voice, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Eureka, John knew that he was the one that God had sent him to repair the way for. And then John said, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. John said, he must increase, but I must decrease. You see, John's whole purpose in coming was to prepare the world for Jesus. When John said, I did not recognize him, but as he was coming, I saw the spirit descend upon him as a dove. Listen, this was real. The Holy Spirit can truly and in reality, manifest himself to you, beloved, right where you're at. Just like John had an encounter with God through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit showed John what was going on. I want you to know, expect God to show you things in your life by the Holy Spirit. You may not see a dove. You may or may not hear God's voice. Oftentimes his voice is just a gentle whisper. John heard his voice, but I want to encourage you, God is supernatural. He supernaturally manifested himself to John here, and he is still beloved in the kingdom business of supernaturally revealing himself to his people. So look up. Listen, the Bible is designed to lead us to God, and it is God's infallible word. But hear me, it's not designed to replace God. I want you to look up and expect the Lord to supernaturally lead you and reveal himself to you. I'm not telling you how he's gonna do it. I just wanna get you excited today to tell you God loves you and he delights in revealing himself to his people. Jesus said in John 14, 21 and 23, if you love me, I'm gonna come to you, he said, and reveal myself to you. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. And to not only hear Rabbi preach and teach on your local radio station, but to see him as well, let me invite you to check out our YouTube channel. You'll find all the details and a link to our YouTube channel when you go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. 
And you know, when we see the connectedness of the two Testaments, we can find clarity about our mission and our call because God's purpose for us is to prepare the world for Jesus. And it's through his son, Jesus, or as we say in Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach, that we see God made manifest in the flesh. And it's our prayer that by gaining true and biblical insight into God's nature and his plans and his purposes for our lives, that you'll in turn want to share and prepare others for Jesus' return. And so here's Rabbi once again to share his heart with you about how you can partner with us financially and prayerfully this year. Many of us have heard the principle of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And of course, what that means is we throw out the whole thing rather than keeping what's good. The reason I'm bringing this up is that some of us have forsaken honoring the Lord with our tithes and our offerings because we feel there's been those in the past that have tried to manipulate us for money. I simply wanna say this, beloved, let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Honoring the Lord with our tithes and offerings goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. And today, the scripture tells us, if there are ministries that are blessing us and feeding us, we ought to support those ministries with our finances. Number one, to show thankfulness. Number two, to honor the Lord. And number three, so they can continue to be a blessing to the world. And those of you that sow your finances into ministries that are blessing the world, you're gonna be rewarded for it. Beloved, I wanna ask you for your help and I wanna thank you in advance for your love and sacrificial support. You can give a gift of any amount by calling 800-777-7835 or by giving online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. As our way of saying thank you for your generous financial gift, we'll send you our most recent newsletter that's filled with plenty of teaching and lots of insights. You'll also receive a select audio CD of Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month, and it's available also as a digital download. And before we wrap up today's message, I want to share with you a comment we received from a listener. Amen, Brother Schneider. Thank you so much for the warm encouragement. You are truly a man of God. With Jesus coming soon, many feel they are being called to be something more for Christ, yet they find it difficult after years of being taught that ministry must look like a pastor standing in a pulpit. But we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, which means we are mobile churches sent to the ends of the earth, like John the Baptist. What great insight and testimony from that listener. Well, we look for to hearing from our listeners. And if you want to connect with us, then reach out to us at our website, discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. And right now, let's wrap up today's message on the mysteries in the Gospel of John with a special blessing from Rabbi Schneider. In the Old Testament book of Numbers, we find a blessing God speaks over his children through Moses and Aaron. It carries the idea of favor and expression. Open your heart to the Spirit and the Word today and receive Father's goodness into your life with confidence. Ya'er Yahweh Penavelecha Vihune 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. If you'd like more information about Discovering the Jewish Jesus, visit our website at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And while you're there, let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains how we can overcome a passive spirit. That's coming up Thursday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.